0: This is Hawkside Guns Podcast. What's up, y'all? It is a fine edition this uh wonderfully cool in texas sunday afternoon of Hawkeye eye guns
1: okay well, you have to be a little bit more definitive those of us in the rest of the country What does cool in texas mean i mean because it's cool here but it's 50 degrees outside
0: uh it's about 60 degrees here 65 okay. i mean that's well let me explain uh, the, our first weekend um that was not scorching over 95 degrees was this weekend so from the mid-june to this weekend it has been over 100 almost every weekend every week too right so this was the first weekend and we knew it was coming right so the weather channel was all good i went shooting yesterday right uh, That was going to be my next
1: question. Did you take advantage
0: of it? Oh, God, yeah. You have to. Like, you don't get a lot of these in Texas, right? Now, we can shoot all through the winter, but from June to really mid-September, and this one was a really long one, mid-October or early October, it's just hot as balls here. So you're really not happy. So we, um, my youngest wanted to go with me. She loves to go shoot, uh, as we have found. Uh, she loves to be out there when we're shooting clays and she likes to shoot 22s and she's like super into it. my 13 year old doesn't care um, she likes to shoot archery but the the little one loves guns and she's like are you going to shoot with Buana? and i'm like yes i am can i go yes so i figured she just kind of Forget, you know, like she's ten. She doesn't care. You know, like she, she doesn't have a memory. She has a memory of a goldfish a lot of times with that kind of stuff, because other things get in the way, you know, you got a kid's social agenda. I get up at uh about six thirty, get out of the shower, you know, I'm all dressed at seven. I go out to the kitchen and the little one Carrie is uh I call her Bear, as in Carrie Bear. So Bear is out there. Uh she's already got her cooler packed. She's in jeans and boots. She has her hat on her little ponytail stuck through the back of the hat. So it doesn't get in the way of the guns and doesn't blow in her face when she's shooting. And she's like, okay, I'm
1: ready. Um, Okay. (laughs) Okay. I surprises get, you when you find something that will actually get them out of bed on a, on a Sunday morning like that.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's like, yeah, it was, it was, I'm like, this is 7 o'clock on a Saturday, right? And, and now they're going into what's called fall break, which we didn't have that when I was a kid. Uh, apparently, they get a whole week off in October, uh, which is this week, apparently, uh, oh, where man. they don't have to go to school. I didn't have that. I mean, we had Christmas break, but we didn't have fall break. But anyway, she's very excited. So... We grabbed one and we head out there and we are loaded for bear. We have in the truck, um, three 22s, two rifles, four shotguns and, um, uh, and, uh, the, uh, um, PCC, the, uh, the Henry Homesteader. Uh, so we've got a bunch of stuff that we're out there. We're going to be out there for basically most of the day. In fact, uh, we recorded a podcast for another show, and I got home about 25 minutes before we did that podcast yesterday. <laughs> so uh, we were there all day, and it was beautiful yesterday. Uh, it was The high yesterday was 70 degrees.
1: which okay, is I do have an, in- an interruptive follow-up question so, because it goes into what we talked about last cast. How did your hunting trip go?
0: <sighs> I had to go hunting
1: um yes that was the point you stole you well you've traded briefly for your father's thirty thirty. so i just i I know it's well anybody who listens to this knows that it's not your favorite activity especially favorite activity with firearm um so the question was how did it go it went i okay
0: I, I'm not besmirching hunting, okay? If, if anybody loves hunting or you're you're a big fan of it and all that stuff, I'm totally for that. Let me just say that right now. I'm not saying anybody shouldn't hunt if you want to. It's a great activity. It's legal. It's It teaches you lots of skills and everything like that. But I don't, and I say this every time, I don't like to hunt. I like to shoot. There's a difference. There's an element to shooting or there's an element of shooting in hunting, but it isn't the main thing. You know what I mean? So we get out there and um, it is, it's dark and it's hot and it's, and they're all excited. And they're like, oh, we're doing this. And there's deer feeders and there's all kinds of crap. And I'm just really not. And they, look, I'll be honest. They flew me out there. It was really nice. Okay. It was really nice. But I'm like, I don't want to be here. You know, and I had to go for work. Uh, However. Um, they got deer uh, i I didn't even shoot at one I could have shot at one I just really didn't feel like killing an animal just so I could you know skin it and make a mess and and you know have people laugh at my skinning skills and then um, not eat deer meat because deer meat's okay but I would rather go to the store and get You know, for the amount that this stuff costs you, you could buy filet mignon every day for the amount that deer meat actually costs you (laughs) for, like, the lease and the gun and the bullets and the gas and, you know, all the stuff. I could eat filet mignon every day (laughs) instead of slightly gamey deer meat. Um, Just my own personal opinion, I'm not saying anybody out there is wrong, and I'm not saying that, that, you know, deer meat isn't edible. Humans have been living on it for thousands of years. Totally get it. I I like it in stews. Like, I like deer actually, deer. yeah. I, I, that is the one exception. It is really good in stew because it kind of hydrates everything and there's sauce. Oh, and, yeah, you know you get the potatoes and the carrots and stuff. Oh, or, it starts or, to get or, good. Or like or
1: like venison chili as always. Yeah, see that's okay. I don't
0: mind that. If you want to take that back and somebody's got a recipe or you're making like some really good chili with some, you know, some beer and 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 stuff in like some really good bread, you break apart and like swab the bowl. That's fine, right? Um, it's, it's sort of like a uh, hung out last year with, um, some Cajun friends of mine and I flew out to Louisiana and, uh, uh, actually, no, that's not true. I drove out to Louisiana and we, we arrived there and they had gotten a bunch of turtles and they were making turtle stew. Now that sounds weird. It is the most delicious thing you've ever eaten in your entire life. The way these Cajuns oh. made it. Turtle soup is awesome. It, it is. It is great. It, it was. I, they called it turtle stew. It was kind of soupy, um, but it, oh my god, you put it over some biscuits. Oh, it's so well. Yeah, so in Louisiana.
1: Good. Everything is put over biscuits. Yeah, it's it's good. I mean, it's just
0: good food, and you fall asleep afterwards, you know, because you're so damn full and happy, you know. You just... <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Um, this, in this occasion, um, I didn't shoot at a deer. I, I didn't feel the need to, to harvest an animal just because I'm out there. Um, but afterwards it was a lot of fun because, you know, after we got back to camp and a couple people got, um, got some tags in and, and stuff, um, we got bored, um, as the sun was setting cause of course you hunt kind of at night and in the morning. And then by daytime, all the deer, are, you know, asleep and doing stuff cause they're kind of nocturnal and, we started putting, uh, cans and different stuff out at different ranges and started doing target competition for beer money. That was way more fun to me than the actual hunting part of it, right? It, that was way more fun. You know, see if you can hit this, see if you can hit this, you know, and I'm, here I am with a 3030, um, and I had a beautiful little scope on it that, uh, I stole from Buana. And I was uh, I was out I, I hit a beer can now it was a 40 ounce beer can but or a uh, it was a 40 <laughs> but it, it was a big beer can but um I, I hit a 40 at 175 yards with a 30 30 um, which not the first time by the way I took about six shots at it finally knocked it off the the post uh, but I got it. Um, not what 175. It was 125. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Did I say 170? 125. 125 yards, um, which is probably the longest shot I've ever taken in anger at a pinpoint anything. Um. <laughs> so that that I, was good. I,
1: I always love the scene in The Unforgiven where uh, uh, Clint Eastwood comes out with his pistol trying to fire at the coffee can that's, yeah. like, five feet away, yeah. <laughs> eventually goes back inside, comes out with a double-barrel shotgun, and blows off. That'll work. Yeah, I mean, it's I, I had
0: more fun screwing around and doing target shooting and, and stuff like that after the hunting than I did the hunting. So it really, it's really not my game. And, I, it's, and everybody always tells me the same thing, like, well, you haven't been hunting with me. You know, it's like, I, I know, and a lot of people have different traditions and stuff. I just... I don't have anything against it. I just don't like sitting there motionless and quiet for hours in the dark while animals may or may not come by. I want to shoot. I don't care about the <laughs> animal part, right?
1: Um. Uh, well, well. Last time you went, you had a nice story about the uh, the dumbass with the overpriced, uh, over tacked out uh, gun. When everybody, when you're sitting there with your Henry forty four, and everybody's just talking about that. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, this time I showed up, of course, as you know, with a Marlin thirty thirty, and uh, you
1: know what? It's funny. Which it's, just means you're from Texas.
0: Yeah, which just means you're from Texas. They're, they're like, well, you know, Texas boys here, you know, and I, I didn't think anything about it, and I'm like, oh yeah, what's that? And he goes, well, you got a thirty thirty. I ain't made a Texas boy yet. Don't come to a deer hunt with a thirty <laughs> thirty. Uh, or no, what do you call? It? He had a nickname for it, uh, a dirty thirty. Yeah, he's like, a Texas boy out there, don't shoot with a Dirty 30. And I, I'm like, well, you know, it's a good gun for this. And and, and they gave me crap for it, uh, you know, for a little while. And he goes, you know, the only reason we give you crap for it is because, you know, it's kind of a classic deer rifle. And it's kind of the obvious choice for a lot of this stuff. More, you know, more of us have one. It's just that you always see a Texas boy come, come to the shoot with a 30-30. I'm like, well. I'll be honest. It's it's not actually. I didn't buy this. This isn't mine. It's my dad's. And they all just started laughing. And they're like, you know, like this is. We hear that a lot. You know, <laughs> this is my daddy's gun. <laughs> so apparently, I'm a cliche, but yeah, it's true. Uh, I I like it mostly because it's a small carbine and it's got greater range than the 44, Right? Because if it was my choice, if we were hunting around my area, I'd just take the damn Henry forty-four, As you know. Um, I love that gun. It's, it's my favorite. So this is the closest thing I had to that, that Henry 44. Uh, so that was okay. I, I've got a couple more hunting trips I have to do for work. It's, it's, I'll be able to do the 44 for most of them cause they're around here and it'll be under a hundred yards. But, uh, I, I just, you know, <laughs> it's, it's funny to see what people bring a lot of 223s and I'm like, you know, or the five, five sixes, um, there's even five, then, five,
1: sixes, seven, six, twos, seven, six, two, you can take a deer with, but a five, five, six or two, two, three bullets small enough that it's, it, that doesn't do much. I mean, even at, even at those velocities to something like a deer, you wouldn't think so. I mean, I, I guess I oh, mean, don't get me wrong. It'll take a person in a heartbeat, but a deer, you know, especially if it's a large buck of some fashion yeah
0: good luck other. i mean even if you got a hard shot you're going to chase them for 100 yards 200 yards
1: <laughs> uh, now now are are you, i mean are we sure that they were 223556s two, two, five, five, or were they ar10s which is basically a 308 ar
0: um i know one of them was a 556 five, the other right. one may have been a 308 yeah it may have been an ar10 uh right. i don't it, know
1: because a three oh eight makes a whole lot more sense.
0: Yeah, well that, well yeah, that'd for sure do do a, a deer or even a big buck. I mean that's that's a big damn round. Uh, but no, I I uh, I was just there with my thirty thirty. I had no intention of shooting a deer. Um, I I came I came with a rifle that that everyone knew that would do the job, you know. Uh, but I just I I don't know I, I didn't really want to go through all that and even though they offered to skin it for me I just I was like Ugh. you know I don't need to harvest an animal just to be here you know although I did take place and ever take part in every you know one of the games afterwards any all of the target shooting afterwards all of the screwing around see if you can hit this see if you can hit that you know or um, you know any of that stuff I did all of that so that was that was fine and they're like oh okay you do like to shoot I'm like yeah I like to shoot you know what you guys are doing is sitting still in a blind, you know, thirty feet up, waiting for deer to come by a feeder. You know, like that's not hunting. Hey, give me the zombie apocalypse, then I'll, then I'll be okay. Yeah, then it's fine. If you guys want to shoot, I'm all about it. You know, yeah, let's see if we can hit that. Well, how far is that? Let's figure it out. You know, let's 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 push forward that. Like, let's shoot up, let's shoot down, let's shoot. You know, let's see if who can shoot faster. Let's all that stuff. I don't care. I brought eighty rounds. Like let's do this. <laughs> you know? Although I'll tell you the hit of the uh the hunt, which is I always take a small caliber uh pistol with me, just in case of armaments and stuff you like
1: that. You didn't you didn't take the twenty two with you. you didn't take the twenty two with the leather holster, did you? Look, you don't need to,
0: to say it like that, all right? <laughs> I did take the twenty two. Um <laughs> Not with the leather holster. I didn't take the revolver. I took the big uh, Browning Buckmark.
1: That's okay. That's a little bit better.
0: And uh, it,
1: everybody had a ball with it. We had we had oh, a blast. Yeah. I'm sure they did. But if you would tried to go out there with your drop leg uh, <laughs> leather holster with your 22 revolver in it, I, I, you may have lost the deal just on that.
0: <laughs> no, nah, they'd had fun with that too. <laughs> oh, it's, I did take the Browning. Uh, it was it was great. I love that gun. Um, we were, we were shooting at a, um, a log and trying to, uh, we had put up some, uh, some stuff in front of it and everything. And there was a hollow in the log. So we were trying to shoot at this little thing. It was probably the size of a volleyball in the, in the hollow of this log. And, uh, we were shooting at about 60 yards, uh, with this 22 and, and it was great. It was just, it, it was a lot of fun. You just to screw around. I mean, it was, it was fun. Um, so uh, yeah, that was that was the hunting trip. I I did not get a deer. That's what everybody asked me when I got. Did you get a deer? No, no, didn't want to. <laughs> didn't want to. Didn't shoot at one. I'm like, no. Oh, there weren't any. I didn't say that. I just said I didn't shoot it one. Uh, so yeah, it was it was like one of those things. But um, let's see. Here. Sorry, I interrupted.
1: No, 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 no. You were you're, you're talking about uh, your trip yesterday with Bear and Buana.
0: Well, we did go out, and it was uh, it was the first weekend where it was just not hot, and we shot everything uh, again. The Browning twenty two, uh, we uh, I put a different scope, one with a little bit more range, on the thirty thirty, and sided that in. And Buana went through probably about four boxes of nine millimeter on the Henry Homesteader. He loves that gun. God, he loves that gun uh he's now has he begun
1: the theft process yet
0: oh yeah yeah i think that's why he offered up the longer powered scope because he's hoping to like well now you're hunting season you're gonna need this scope and oh wow doesn't that scope look better on that gun that's way more useful for you so so he's hoping
1: for a permanent trade
0: that's what he's hoping for yes um the problem is he might get it because the homesteader's a lot more useful to him. He's already gotten two coyotes with it, and um, I know he was looking at, or uh, not at, but he was looking for the damn raccoon that's been tipping over his trash can and spewing it about the yard. Um, so the the homesteader's he's a lot more need useful. Need a night
1: vision on that one, then.
0: I think that's why he dumped the scope he had on it onto me with a thirty thirty. I think he's gonna get a night lit scope i i think because he was he said he was going to shields the other day and did i need anything so i'm wondering or you know he's saying he's going this week <laughs> and did he need anything and i'm like that's suspicious you always have me go get your Well like what are you gonna go get you know uh but yeah he's already done two coyotes with it and uh he's looking for a raccoon um so it's a lot more useful for him, you know. Like I live in a suburb. I mean, i have I have the ranch out there, and that's seven hundred and fifty acres, but or sixty or whatever it is, seven hundred six. It's over seven hundred. Yeah,
1: but you don't have a house on it yet. Unless no, you're mistaken.
0: No, but I don't have a house on it, so there's no homestead to, to to live out there on. If you want to live out there right now, you have to camp, you know, with the cows and you know all the rest of the, the livestock. Uh, Been there, done that. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's okay and everything, but it's nice to go home. Thank you. So I live in a suburb. He lives out in the middle of the country where, you know, they do have bobcats and coyotes and an occasional wolf and raccoons and everything else, right? So a nine millimeter ranch gun is actually super handy for him. And he's got 15 round Glock mags, uh, handy for it. And, It's actually super useful for them. I mean, it's doing what it was designed to do, which is protect a homestead. Uh, I really can't fault them for using it and wanting to keep it because it just sat in a closet here. Uh, It's pretty, but it's and, and you'll know what I mean when I say this. It's a Henry. It's much too useful to be a hanger queen. You know what I mean? Um, that's
1: the nice thing about Henry's is they 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 the the thing with Henry's is they ride that line between pretty enough to hang on the wall and useful enough to, to drag around wherever you want to go.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like they're right there, right? So like you don't feel bad about using it, but you really do want to use it, right? Like I I love my 44. I love that 44 you sent me. I love that thing. I use it all the time at the ranch. That's my truck gun for the ranch like if there's boar or there's you know coyotes or rabid skunk or a porcupine or something like that like that's the gun i pull that's the one i carry out on the ranch because you need that and you need the big caliber uh so it's super useful i don't have as much use for the homelander or or not homelander (laughs) um the homesteader got the boys on my mind i guess um the
1: uh, <laughs> hey, they, they've got the uh, the off show on. Yeah, right Gen now. V. I haven't seen it all yet. Um, I, oh, I've I've watched the first episode and a half. I'm just having trouble with TV lately. <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh,
0: but uh, the homesteader, like if you put that up against a big a big boar, um, he's just going to keep charging you. Like you can put five, six, seven rounds in that little guy, and unless you get him straight through the eyeball, hey. Every bit of North American game has been taken with a 22. I remind him of that every time we see a big ass pig.
1: Like hey boy, here's a 22. Why don't you go there? You go there, chief. I'm be in the truck. You you go ahead and piss him off.
0: <laughs> I mean, I think everybody's like everybody uh, like the big line before. Like I've seen this video a ton of times where the guy's got a 9 millimeter. He's just emptying the clip while he's running away from this boar who just isn't slowing down. Uh, nine millimeter doesn't stop a big hog. It, it won't. I mean, eventually it will, but he'll gore you to death before he bleeds out. So you really need something a lot bigger, and a 44 out coming out of a, a pistol caliber carbine is perfect. Uh, I mean, it'll stop forty four stop a bear. Um, uh, so it's it's much more useful to me than the homesteader is so uh,
1: when it comes to that as far as the, the the i guess you'd want to say tactical version of that concept what i've been eyeing up is a 10 millimeter ar pistol
0: oh 10 mil will do it
1: oh I, yeah <laughs> it's kind of like I, I i wouldn't i wouldn't uh want to risk the 223 or the 556 on it but 10 millimeter coming out of there oh yeah that'll do it. <laughs> yeah, that'll, that'll step out just fine <laughs> I don't think I'm really want a 10 millimeter handgun every once in a while I look at one and I try to talk myself into it and it's God, that's like, a lot of
0: recoil man
1: <laughs> yeah but but coming out of an AR pistol I think I could do that well you you at least get both hands on that
0: you know what I mean yes. and that that'll make a difference right like you could you could manhandle that and and get it basically on target at the distances that you're talking about now would you want to take a 200 yard shot with it probably not
1: Oh but, no! But if you've got a boar coming at you and he's close enough to it, 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 that, that you just need to start unloading. Oh, that'll do it. Oh, that'll work
0: fine. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's gonna be sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. One hundred percent. So
1: I, I, if you're using the 44 and you got him, you know, 50 yards away, you've got time to take a couple shots if you miss. Well, exactly. He's close enough. If he's close enough that you want semi-auto, that's a different concept there altogether.
0: (laughs) (laughs) If he snuck up on you where he's within, you know, the 21 foot rule, you better hurry. You know. Uh, So yeah, it's it's a little bit different. Um, So we we did that. Uh, We he was doing a, a new uh, optics on the homesteader i was uh, i took his scope that he gave me which was a nice little uh 10 power scope uh but i put that on the 3030. uh we shot pistols with carry and uh it was all good and everything and then um i tested out um i don't know if you remember but we have my my dad and i collect 870s right we just yeah, we just do, right? Because they're, they're easy, and we love them, and they're pretty much useful for everything. And you could dress them out to do pretty much whatever. You can make a a, a tactical one. You can make an old-school one. You can make a trap gun, a skeet gun, a hunting gun, whatever, right? And we just collect 870s. We probably have about five or six of them between us at any given time. Uh, one of the ones that I have currently was one of our kind of Franken guns. Uh, we... We had a we had bought the uh, receiver and just never really done in, done anything with it. So it had the receiver and the mag tube barrel and the trigger mechanism, but nothing else. So we, it was kind of a basket case type thing we bought from a gun show. I think we paid like seventy five dollars for it. Uh, this was a couple of years ago, and it's just been sitting in a box since you know since that time. I just haven't had time to get around to. it. And I was bored over the summer. So, cause there was no shooting going on. It was just too dang hot. I needed something to do inside. So I started collecting parts, right? I had a trigger mechanism. I had the receiver, I had the mag tube. So I had to get a spring, a follower, a cap, a barrel, stocks, you know, stuff like that. And I, I assembled this gun and it's got an old Sears, barrel on it from the 90s that uh, you know how like a, on a normal 870 it'll say you know uh, Remington Arms Company you know this and you know the patent numbers and everything and you can tell it's a Sears barrel because it says you know made for Remington 870 and then it has the little Sears logo on it so it was, it was made for Sears back when for those of you too young to remember Sears actually sold guns back in the day.
1: Hell, hell you used to be able to go in get a uh um, Mossberg 500 from Walmart.
0: You still can here. Um, oh, you can here. Yeah. <laughs> you can still buy, you can still buy a Mossberg 500 or sometimes even a Remington 870 uh uh here at uh at but,
1: Walmart. But there's a reason they're 150 bucks.
0: Yes, it is not the like the eight, the the Mossberg 500 here you can buy is normally the Maverick 88, which is the stripped down Younger, like beer-drinking cousin of the 500. You know, like it's it's not it's not the same quality. <laughs> anyway, uh, you could. Uh, so I, I was like, well, okay, um, I'll, I'll put this barrel on it. So I had that. I got the barrel off eBay for like 75 bucks, and then I went digging around. I, I have all kinds of stocks and takeoffs and stuff of 870 equipment uh in my i call it my parts bin so i went and found a pair of stocks that kind of matched uh from the 70s and then i found a cap and a spring and a follower. i I think i actually had to order the spring but i had a follower and all that stuff and assembled this Franken gun another Franken gun uh together and it worked great it was uh the receiver was a wingmaster and so was the trigger gear uh, so the only thing that i really needed to get was the slide um, rails uh, that go into the fore end and stuff so i got those polished them down and made sure that it was all smooth and everything and uh, put it together it did shoot and it was okay but it looked horrible god it looked horrible um, the receiver was made in 1954 and it was just beat to crap and i tried cold blowing it it didn't work well it just
1: it wasn't right. And so like, does this mean you have to strip it down?
0: Yeah, I stripped it all the way down. And I'm like, I don't, I just, I don't know. I, I wanted a different solution, right? So I started looking around and like I, at first I wanted to coat it. And Cerakoting takes a lot of baking and there's ovens involved. And, you know, you got to make sure everything's the right temperature. And it's just like, ugh, that seems like a lot of work.
1: And anyone yeah, we we have another podcast where somebody was trying the same thing that takes a lot of similar temperatures and stuff like that and he was having trouble with that too.
0: Yeah, it's just uh... <laughs> 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 it's true. And uh, uh, he even had a helper and it, didn't, it wasn't wasn't happening and uh, but it, it was it was just like uh, I don't I don't want to do this. So, and, and,
1: and there was a whole different type of baking going there
0: on. There was a different type of baking, and you needed to hold things at a certain temperature while maintaining it being, you know, steady. So it was it was a complex process. This is probably less so and less personally involved, but it was it was kind of a thing. And I was like, I don't want to do that. I didn't want to rattle can it either. And uh, Ramo can?
1: Huh? Ramo can?
0: <laughs> rattle can it?
1: Rattle can Oh, yeah, no! I didn't okay. want to didn't
0: rattle can, can it. Uh, yeah. so what I wound up finding was Dura Blue, which is a form of Dura Coat. You guys seen that, or have you
1: seen this? No, I
0: haven't. Okay, so Dura Coats. Look,
1: look, look, I, look I've blued a firearm once, <laughs> and, and and every time my dad takes it out and goes to shoot it, I'm still amazed that I got that thing back together, that it actually shoots. <laughs> You're like, you that's my, gonna explode. My, my father had an old Smith and Wesson uh, 38 Smith and Wesson uh, revolver that I uh, I took it apart, cleaned it up, and put it back together for him. Going back to even what we were joking about before the cast of needing the magnifiers for all the different small ass screws and shit oh, like yeah. that. I, and just the fact that I got that cleaned up, and reblued, and back together, and it still shoots uh, uh, to this day, I am amazed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not every time, every time he takes a thing out and at the uh, um at the range he's like this is one this one's my favorite it's kind of like please tell me it still cycles please tell me it still cycles please tell me it still cycles <laughs> I'm
0: not surprised it still cycles at all man you you've taken enough guns apart it should be fine
1: I had never gone this far into disassembling everything you remember remember my my main thing is is uh, 6 hour Semi-automatics, which, in order to clean the trigger mechanism, you just pull the mechanism out and scrub the shit out of it. It, it. It's, it's not, you know, you're not literally taking everything apart.
0: You'll get there. You'll get there. It'll be fine. You'll get there. It's going to be good. No, I, I, I like but the fact you. that I
1: didn't lose any springs or anything like that. Was like amazing. Yeah, well,
0: that's kind of important in those revolvers, and a lot of people don't take them all the way down because you don't have to take them down to clean them, you know, all the way down. You don't have to take those plates off. You don't have to do any of that stuff to clean them. So a lot of people just don't.
1: This thing had th- this thing needed it. it. It had a lot of grease and nastiness in there that had just caked up for after being sitting in a drawer for 20 years. It, it needed it. Well,
0: I, I tried uh, two experiments. Uh, on mine because uh, Duracoat is is kind of a step between rattle canning it's more durable than rattle canning but it's not as complex and involved as Cerakoting something right so you don't need to get ovens and temperatures involved and everything uh, but it's it, it lasts a lot better than it's more durable than paint How about that and I was like well I've got this franken gun here it's it's over you know the receivers like 70 years old um it's it's some issue you know like i and it's it's got some partial rust here that keeps rusting no matter what i do to it and i'm just like Egh. so i i read up on Durabloom. i was like well it can't it, it can't hurt to to check right so i got two different types um and i used uh, they do have an aerosol can that you can use it's a two-part aerosol can and i did two different types right i did a matte on the barrel and a gloss on the receiver and i just sent you a picture of said firearm and it turned out freaking great um, oh
1: that, that i'm assuming that's the mat
0: uh yeah the the the, the receiver is glossed and the barrel is matte.
1: No, I got that backwards from this. I'm seeing more shine coming off the barrel than the receiver. Yeah, there's a lot of we, shine coming off the barrel. But the both of them turned with, out great. With that said, it looks beautiful.
0: It, it's just gorgeous. It's gorgeous. I was like, holy crap, this stuff is amazing. Um, now, you do have to follow the directions, right? Like like explicitly, <laughs> right? It's not just because it's a two-part aerosol, right? So it's, it looks just like a paint can. But if you just pop the cap off and stop spray or start spraying, it's not gonna work right just because it's a two part aerosol. So you have to shake it for like three minutes and then pop take the red cap off, pop the the seal, mix it together for another three minutes, shaking it. And then so you...
1: so, so that shake weight you bought all those years ago came in handy?
0: It did. It did, brother. It's it's great now. Uh one <laughs> forearm's giant and the other one, you know. Uh no, it's it really does work, and you, you do very, very, very thin coats, right? You just, like the first coat you put on doesn't look like it did anything, and then the next coat, and next coat, and next coat. And you very thin, light coats. It winds up being, uh, that one wound up being about eight coats, and it looks factory. It literally looks, I was shocked. I did um, polished black on the receiver and matte black on the barrel, and it looks fantastic. It really does. I was very surprised uh, on, you because know, I wanted to see how it would do, you know, like how each finish would finish. Because, like, if I'm going to use this stuff, it's going to be, you know, I want to see how it actually goes. And Well,
1: I, I guess the question you got to run into now is longevity.
0: Well, and that's what I'm testing right now. I put about 125 rounds through it yesterday. Um, both in, cause I, I really wanted to see how it worked on a, um, pump action shotgun, right? So the, the cylinder that goes over the mag tube is going to be scratching the crap out of this thing, you know, 125 times two out and back. Right. So, you know, 250 times couldn't tell the difference. It was like, it wasn't even there. So I was like, well, crap and then you know uh it doesn't it takes it stops all the rust it looks factory like if i showed you a picture of that and didn't tell you i did it you'd say you'd think that that was a factory oh,
1: i i would think that was a brand new firearm
0: right i mean both the barrel and the receiver look fantastic both of them do
1: um i mean i mean it helps that it's got a nice shiny bolt in it and the, grip, the fore end the foregrip is nicely polished as well but at the same time yeah as far as the metal goes uh, he, uh, I wouldn't tell that. I wouldn't be able to tell that it wasn't a brand-new fire.
0: I, I I was shocked. I really was. I'd never seen one just come out that even and smooth and perfect before. Uh, I'm like, well, crap. I guess I'm going to be doing some of this now. Um, like you, my big question was durability. You know, like, okay, let's see how it shows up. You know, let's see how it stands up to a little bit of wear. You know, I'm going to take it out to rain. I'm to beat the hell out of it. That is after 125 rounds. That picture I sent you. That's after I cleaned it this morning. Um, so it it's uh, and thank you for saying the the fore end looks nice and polished and stuff like that. It did not look <laughs> like that when
1: I started. <laughs>
0: uh, well, I'm
1: sitting here looking at this and and I saw a tool advertised the other day and I'm sitting there going, Sean would love this. Um, and it was basically. It was a it's a laser, but you can set it up to do one of two things. You could either set it to do laser etching, like for the checkering and stuff like that there. Or there was another hand you could put on it. You could just turn it into a straight up laser welder. And and, uh, rather than using an arc welder, you you get the guy just running beads around things and just attaching metal things. It was awesome. It was expensive.
0: (laughs) You know, one of the things I want is is because I can do some things with the hand carver I have now. One of the things I want is one of those laser engravers that will do little things like that.
1: See, the thing is, is for work, I actually have a laser that would do the checkering, but what I don't have is the software to make it do the checkering.
0: Yeah, and that's the trick, right? Like, I can set up the software and I can do it all, but to get those platforms right and to do them on a... And the, here's the problem with checkering, right? You're going to do it on a 3D surface where you're going to have to wrap around an object. Uh huh. And I know that there are are you know gimbal mounted lasers and and platforms that you can do or that that you can buy to do that. But that like if you want actual 3D laser engraving where it doesn't just come from one angle or one plane or surface, it it can rotate around all three axes or axes, those are not cheap, like, well, how, at all. How, how do you think we laser
1: eyeballs? Well, exactly, right? Like, it's... it's. <laughs> it, As I said, I, I've got the machinery to do it, just not the software to make it do that pattern.
0: <laughs> right, so I could... Um, I've often thought about getting a laser engraver that does, like, woodstocks or something like that, that could do super-integrate engraving on, like, a stock um, or side checkering on like grips or something like that, that would be fine. You can get those, but to wrap around a end, which is what I would do for shotguns, right? Like I, I, yeah, it's, it's useless for me to have just grips on the handle. I want checkering on the end as well that matches the one I have on the grips, which is the why I don't have a laser engraving system at this point. Cause it's, Wildly expensive, uh, to get like many thousands of dollars to get three access laser engraving. As you, like like you said, as you know, uh, for your work, it's it's not cheap. Um, no. and if you want a laser that will also engrave steel, that is a different class of laser than something that will do paper and wood at a certain oh, depth.
1: Yeah, D- different wavelengths and and different forms of delivery. Absolutely, uh, different power, and, different all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's not be- only that, not only that to do metal, the beams got to be flowing a whole lot faster.
0: Than- yeah, yeah. Because wood burns actually pretty easily, and oh, yeah. and you can get through it pretty quick. Even even hardwood, you can get down to the point where it feels like you've meaningfully engraved, and I'm using finger quotes here, uh, engraved something with a reasonably low powered laser. Uh, even yeah. in something like walnut or hickory or, or ash or something like that, you can you can get down pretty good. Um, steel, that is a whole different ballgame. So, like, if you'll see these, these guys who have laser engraved uh, 1911s or something like that, that is a huge laser investment. I mean, it's not cheap to do that. Uh, the laser is costly. The gimbal mount is costly. Everything is very expensive to do those types of things. And I just, I can do eighty percent of that stuff <laughs> w- right now, you know. And it's like, ugh, you know, do I really want to invest, you know, four to five thousand dollars in, and maybe more, depending on what I wanted, to get. 20% more functionality than I have. Well, it's, if, a, it's a fight. If
1: you're going to do that, you might as well spend the extra money and just go ahead and get the lathe so you can just make what you want from a, blunt, from a block of aluminum anyway.
0: <laughs> well, that was my dad's point. He's like, dude, why don't you just become a gunsmith? You know, like go spend the cash,
1: get oh, yeah. the it's, certification. It's, it's, it's not like your father, your children, your wife, and your friend who talks to you about this stuff several times a month hasn't been saying the same damn thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's that seems to be a common theme. Shannon doesn't understand why I'm not just a gunsmith full time right now. Anyway, she's like, why don't you just go to get your certification and retire doing gunsmithing? You know that's what you're gonna do. And I'm like, well, yeah, but it costs like like thousands to become
1: a gunsmith, you know. And she's yeah, like, but, uh, but, but, but uh-huh. you're, you're you're not you're not thinking about me though, damn. <laughs> This is my retirement plan is to come work for you.
0: (laughs) Shannon used that exact argument on me the other day. She goes, what are you and Jake going to do in your old age if not work on guns? You really being selfish here are not thinking of Jake. (laughs) She goes, I thought we discussed this. Beef's going to live under us, and Jake's <laughs> going to live beside us, and you guys are going to go to the gun store. You're going to work on guns all day, and Jake's going to tell people, no. I thought we discussed this already. <laughs> like, that does seem like it uh, does have a familiar ring to it, yeah.
1: <laughs> and then you're going to teach Beef how to weld so he can do the stripper poles. Oh,
0: my God. He's obsessed with that, isn't he? <laughs> that in his underground bunker. <laughs> if you for those of you who don't listen beef is our friend from another cast and everything and he's if you think jake and i are preppers we got nothing on beef beef is full-on expecting the zombie apocalypse any day now and he laments the (laughs) fact that he lives in a place where he cannot dig underground for his underground bunker uh, it is. It is it, like he his hobby is doing urban exploration, not because I think it's something weird that you know just appeals to him, but because he wants to see what it'll look like after the zombie apocalypse happens. Uh, <laughs> it's
1: <laughs> and, and the worst part about it is, is that he he and I are very similar in the in the, the wanting to live in a bunker. Just to, it's just a difference in degree. He wants to live in a concrete. Bunker, yes, and I showed him the front door of basically what he was looking for. And I'm like, if you take that off and just turn it into a hobbit hole, I'm in.
0: Right, right.
1: <laughs> um, I'm
0: I'm a little less bunkery than you guys, but I would like to be heavily armed. would be Would be my thing. So, like a barn you know, like a metal building barn with a shop out, air conditioned shop, workshop out back where we got like an old. You know, uh, an old AMC Pacer or a Gremlin up like up on on stands where we're restoring it to fresh, fresh and brand new. Um, a little gun workshop, a wood workshop, all that kind of stuff. Music going, dogs around, um, and then an arsenal in the next room. That would be fine. Um, Beef would be there'd be a little manhole cover somewhere on the property that says <laughs> "Get out," and that would be where Beef emerges from his hibernation.
1: Well have you seen the movie The Accountant? Yes. Okay, so you know the what the what he had in his garage? <laughs> Exactly. I want that in the front. I want that in the front door, though. <laughs> Which, for those of you who haven't seen them in the movie, they were at they they were looking around uh, the main character's house, the uh, the the law enforcement people, and he had everything in cameras and all that kind of stuff through the backyard. And they're like, "What does he do to defend the front yard, though?" And they walked out into his garage, and right next to the garage door opener was a giant ass Gatling gun. Uh, that h- hanging from the ceiling that he could just take out and just probably cut down the house across the street if he wanted to.
0: <laughs> it's fantastic way to live. I'm just saying that's that's <laughs> that's about where I'd be. Only I want to fiddle with guns more. You know, like that's that's kind of my where where I stand on it. And I I, I just love playing with them. You know, just any anything to to make them better or, or tinker with them or make them fit somebody else or, or anything like that. It's it's just super good. But, yeah, I was I was playing with the Dura-Blue. It works well. I'm going to see how it holds up, but right now it looks great. Holy crap, it looks great. Um, looks like a new gun, you know.
1: You'll well, know when it actually, you figure because what ha- what it'll actually take you until next spring to figure out whether or not it actually lasts, because what you're going to need to do is get it out in the humidity for a bit.
0: Yeah. No, to see totally whether or not going. it actually
1: holds up. Yeah. Because like, right, 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 now everything's starting to dry out.
0: Uh. Well. Yeah. In in well, in Texas, it's been dry. But yeah, we're w- what I really need to do is shoot it in the winter where it's all rainy and crappy and and all that. Um. And then you know, get it out and shoot it. Just get it out and shoot it. Use it. Uh. And and see how it it stands up against scratches and and stands up against, like you're saying, inclement weather and, and moisture and everything. Now, DuraBlue assu- uh, asserts that you'll never have to worry about rust anywhere where durablue has touched again, ever. You don't have to oil it. You don't have to grease it. You don't have to do anything. It is perfectly finished and perfectly protected the way it is. I'm like, well, we'll see about that. Uh, but <laughs> right now, looks like a brand-new gun. I mean, it really does. It looks, you, if I didn't tell you that that wasn't a new gun.
1: I wouldn't have known.
0: You wouldn't have known, yeah. Uh, it is It is really impressive, and I think they did a fantastic job on their formulations. It's, uh, it's a version of Duracoat for those of you who are interested in looking at it. Uh, Duracote is, is kind of a two-step process, or a, uh, not two-step process, but it's a uh, uh, different than, spray paint type thing you can do you can use it out of an air spray or a, a, a spray gun or you can do the uh the rattle can version the two-step rattle can version that i have um it's not cheap but you can do several guns with one can so uh, it lasts once you pop the seal on it it lasts about four weeks and then you got to go get another can uh it's about 50 60 dollars a can but you can do about 40 gun or four guns uh rifles uh, or shotguns or probably several pistols, uh, with one can. So to me, just going to get your gun reblued is two, two fifty, right? If you were, if you were to take it to a gunsmith, yeah. um, first of all, it'd be a month before you got the damn thing back, maybe three months, uh, <laughs> and, and it'd be two, $250. So for 60 bucks, you can do like four crappy guns and make them look like new, that's, to me, that's worth the money if it lasts. So that's what I'm testing today uh, or, you know, from from yesterday forward. Uh, but uh, Dura Blue gives you traditional factory-looking finishes. So it's like polished blue, blue-black, you know, like the, the 1911s used to come, um, polished black, which is what I used, and then all three of those colors, you know, the blue, the blue-black, and the black, and matte as well. So it's really cool. Um, they got a lot of the, a lot of the, uh, guys do, they have camo packs, so you can do your AR and whatever camo you want.
1: I, I, okay. Am I the only one who finds that tacky? I find it incredibly tacky, but
0: I find ARs tacky most of the time anyway, with the, the stuff that people do to them. So
1: true. I mean, it's one thing to have a mil spec AR,
0: but yeah, okay, I can respect that. Like, okay, I want a mil spec AR. Okay, I understand that, right? Because of the technical precision, because it's less likely to jam or or cause some kind of weird function or malfunction. I totally understand that. But the minute you start making it look like Call of Duty, I'm out. You know. And I, you know I, and I get it like there's it takes all kinds and you know what that doesn't make your gun any less viable than it makes my gun you know and I'm an old I'm an old man now and I like you know old style stuff oh, anyway Okay
1: okay but but we you have run into the person who thinks they know firearms because they've played Call of Duty <laughs> Oh god yeah <laughs>
0: Yeah no and they're, they're you know, normally hanging around. We, we, and...
1: we would get them in the store. They came in, you know, wanting a specific firearm because they had it on call of duty.
0: Did they ever come and ask no. for a deagle? No. <laughs> <laughs> you need a deagle.
1: Well, I mean, we've all heard my story about me putting my foot in my mouth with the desert eagles, which was uh, – What kind of a moron would carry one of those around as the guy on the other end of the counter lifts up his shirt? (laughs) Oops. Didn't you wind up working for that store? No. That's the store I bought my first firearm from and never went back into.
0: (laughs) I don't want to be there again. (laughs)
1: But well, on that note, have you noticed that some of the prices now some of them are still skyrocketed up? Like if you're looking for a Glock or a Sig, it's that the um the the prices are still way up there. Uh, but have you noticed that some of, especially the striker-fired polymer firearms, the prices are starting to come down dramatically?
0: Yeah, a little bit. Which ones did you notice? Uh,
1: well, all the CZP tens are are starting to drop in price. Like, yep. like. D- dramatically so. I mean, I literally had to stop myself, remind myself that I had a kid in college and stop myself from buying one. <laughs> um, uh, Ber- Berettas, once again, not the 92s and not the Cheetahs, but the the polymer Berettas are starting to come down.
0: Yeah, I've noticed that.
1: Um, The uh, Ruger is, is like, disgustingly dropping in price. Um. But it, it kind of all depends on what it is. Like it, the other thing is, is that the um, the lever action uh, rifles are still climbing in price. Uh, I still think that's to some extent that people are waiting for uh, you find out that you can't have a semi-automatic rifle anymore. Um, but uh, it, it, yeah, a lot of the it, and it's primarily the polymer striker fire firearms that are dropping in price. But that it, uh, unless, of course, it's a Glock. But it, Yeah.
0: I've uh, I've noticed that kind of thing around here. There's been a lot of rebates on a lot of, uh, like, there's a huge rebate going on right now with Beretta. Not, like you're saying, like, not the 92 and not the Cheetah. But uh, a lot of the other Beretta firearms, especially, what is it, the PX-4 or whatever it is? Yeah. The, P-
1: the, P- the PX-4 has is, is come down in some price, but the APX is, yeah, like, the rock APX,
0: bottom. Yeah. The B- um, APX, they slashed it pretty hard uh
1: the other thing is is have you noticed that the czechoslovakian versions of the springfields are uh uh rock bottoming out too
0: yeah I, well no, i don't think anybody it, bought them
1: quite well, honestly well no but that's that's the that the old grip zones and the um oh yeah but uh the with them having doubled down on the design of the and shit i'm drawing a blank <laughs> um their little one that competed with the p365 the name escapes me uh hellcat yes yeah they sorry Sorry. took me a second they doubled down on the hellcat design and now have one that's larger and for all intents and purposes the size of a glock 19 uh, which is the standard carry gun size uh so they've gotten rid of the um uh, jeez, why am I, can I not remember anything from Springfield? What was the grip zone called? Uh, the XD? Yes. Now they have the XDMs that are, uh, that are dropped down to rock bottom prices. Um, I saw one with like a full, uh, carry bag and six mag, um, pack that was almost like $299. And there's, oh, wow. I had to remind myself that, you know, every time I see a Springfield and try to buy it, it's kind of like, this is a bad idea. Yeah, it's kind of the
0: opposite of the HKs. It's like, I want that. And, and When you want an HK, it's almost always a good idea, because the HK is a fine firearm. It's really like, well built.
1: Oh, and I, I did trade for the SK back again. <laughs> and, and, and just to make sure I wasn't insane, ran directly to the shooting range and went, okay, that, yep, 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 yep. This is what I remember. This is what I liked.
0: Yeah, It's super better. It really is uh, the 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 problem is every time you get a Springfield, every time you hold a Springfield, you're like, "Wow, this is gonna be great!" It, and, and they should, always look so great,
1: unless, of course, you're buying one of the classic design Springfields, which is if you probably one They make an excellent 1911. Uh, their new version of the High Power, once again, excellent. Now they're also more expensive, but they're. Uh, their striker fire firearms just don't work for me.
0: They're they're really high in the bore axis. They really and they always feel clunky. They they just feel clunky, and I don't and, I don't understand and my, why. And my
1: little brother has a Hellcat and loves it.
0: I I guess I I'll tell you but, the one I shot the other day that I really loved, and like you, I don't know if you've shot one, but the the Springfield High Power, the SA thirty five. Yes is fantastic in every way.
1: But that's what I mean. Their they're, they're designs for the classic-style firearms, their 1911s and all that, are excellent. But uh, yeah, when they start trying to make the striker-fired polymer firearms, like, once again, the whole XD line... Uh, and I know people who love them. It's just they never worked for me.
0: I I have a lot of trouble with them. I, every
1: time, like, I
0: tried an XD... Um, it's, it's really top heavy. It it really is. It had a lot of more, a lot more barrel flip and recoil than I thought it would for how big it was. Uh, it it was just, it didn't work out well. The, the high power clone, and, and I think it is the SA-35, uh, from Springfield is graceful. It is beautiful to look at. It is, um, they went through and they fixed a lot of the things that, um, I won't say were wrong with the Brandon High Power, because the Brandon High Power was actually a very fine firearm. It worked very well. But a lot of the niggles that, that people were like, God, I just wish it would do this. They, they went through and fixed it and, and made those adjustments to make it kind of a more modern firearm. It is really nice to shoot. I got to shoot one the other, well, I, the the hunting trip i was on somebody brought one as a sidearm and i ran about 6 mags through it i wouldn't stop shooting it it is just it is just really really sweet uh it i mean i i don't have the money to buy one and i have no use for it at all <laughs> you know like um, I, but god it is really neat to
1: shoot the the last thing that i saw that i fell in love with that i went there's no way in hell I can afford that. It was a uh, commander size 2011 that took Glock mags, <laughs> and uh, it it's it was just beautiful. Not only that, I mean, you know, it was a it, they and what it, what made me think of it was what you're saying was they got rid of some of the things that people have complained about with 1911s like toolless takedown. You don't need the uh, the the thing to get the barrel off. Um, why English is failing me today? Uh, <laughs> the thing that you need to put in the front to get the barrel off of a um, nineteen eleven. Uh. uh,
0: uh. You okay.
1: Need... You know, because they don't just pop off like most of them, like the like a lot of them do. You've got this thing that you actually need to pry open the front of the uh, the slide to be able to get the barrel completely off. Huh.
0: Okay. I don't know. I just uh, the one I had a hold of. You just pushed it in. I, I think it was a government model. You just pushed it in and turned it, and then it. Some
1: out. some some of them require a tool to do that push in and turn.
0: Oh, I have not seen that.
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah. That's actually the reason why I got rid of the Taurus one is that it it was just awful when it came with <laughs> it to, do was that, just to take it apart. Awful. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> finally it was just kind of like fuck it i'm not dealing with this if i can't take the thing apart it's i mean you guys have done that with shotguns i oh, can't sure. take this thing apart i'm not dealing with this it's out. it's out
0: yeah the Browning bps i had an early Browning bps and we just hated it <laughs> we just we hated it um the newer ones are better as i understand it but i hated it um but but i mean sometimes it's worth the money like the the um the SA35, uh, the retail on that, generally speaking, is under seven hundred bucks. Now, that's actually not a lot for for what it is. It's actually pretty good. But, I mean, uh, in fact, it's less than Beretta wants for a stupid new uh, ADX Cheetah. <laughs> they want
1: eight hundred bucks for that thing.
0: Oh, oh yeah. And uh, like all day dollars bushing.
1: Uh, that's what it's called. <laughs> You need a bushing to get the front end of some nineteen nineteen elevens off. I had to look it up; it was driving me absolutely insane. <laughs> <laughs> I just i i i don't
0: have i don't have seven hundred dollars to to throw at a pistol I don't need right now. Um,
1: oh, that was the other part. where the one I was looking at, going, I I, I think I could fall in love with this. Um, the the twenty eleven. <laughs> they wanted twenty five hundred bucks for it. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah, yeah I, I, like, I no, could fall in no, love no. with it too. Like no, 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 that's just not going to happen. Yeah,
0: there was there was probably a day, but that day has has passed. Like I can't do twenty five hundred dollars on a gun. You know? I got
1: another couple of years before I could even think about it. Oh
0: my gosh, I right, and and I, here's the thing that gets me right. Like I know what I'm going to do with firearms now. You know, like I I know where I am, I know what I'm gonna be doing, and I know what I do when I do shoot them. And I am not a $2,500 firearm guy. Uh, there's no reason I need that. You know, like most of the stuff I do is gonna be out in a field. I would feel horrible. Like a Henry is about the most expensive thing I want to haul out into a field and scratch the hell up before it it, it bothers me.
1: Well, this this one was a smaller version of basically the firearm that John Wick had in, in John Wick Four. Oh, the the Pit Viper. It it wasn't the same brand, it wasn't the same manufacturer, but that's for all intents and purposes what it was. It was a smaller version of that.
0: Wow. Yeah, no,
1: those will get those will get expensive. I mean, you well, can the, the the Pit Viper is close to four grand last time I saw. Oh, I, I think they're more than that, aren't they? Something uh, of that nature. Oh, th- maybe 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 it was maybe that was the one I saw recently for seven grand. I can't remember.
0: <laughs> yeah, those things, those those things are not I fig- cheap.
1: I figure I can't afford to buy a gun right now anyway. I might as well dream.
0: Yeah. The the Terran Tactical uh, John Wick 4 Pit Viper is seven thousand dollars.
1: OK, that's the one I saw for seven grand. I saw another one recently for four.
0: Yeah, they're they're, um, they're not cheap. <laughs> it's not it's don't get me wrong beautiful gun beautiful gun i mean the the porting on it the the slide rail i mean the thing is all slide you know serrated slide you can grab it anywhere and catch a serration there's ports all over the thing it's angular it's beautiful it's it's scalloped on the hand, i mean the handle's got beautiful texturing to it it's got a huge huge flared magwell i mean it Is beautiful. I don't believe I could ever bear to spend seven grand on (laughs) a nine millimeter, but it is indeed beautiful.
1: Hey, I've I've got what would today be a twelve hundred dollar sig in my safe that is my baby, and and if the zombie apocalypse happens, it it will be the one on my hip. (laughs) <laughs> but but at the same time, uh, yeah, it's not my day to day carry gun now.
0: I I well my I mean we've we've gone over what my carry gun is. It's a you know 1990s Beretta Cheetah, so I can't really say anything. And my nightstand gun is a <laughs> it's a Taurus. So, I, but I will stand uh, I will stand here and say that a Taurus G3C. Is probably one of the sweetest shooting cheap nine millimeters you could ever have.
1: Oh, that's actually the other ones that are coming down in price—the Walder PDPs. Are they
0: really? Did they? Did they yeah. finally get off their eight hundred dollar horse?
1: Yeah, the Walder PDPs are dropping down in price. They're coming down to something much, much more reasonable. What made me think about that is that's my nightstand gun is a Walder PDP. Um, that's a fine gun. Oh, it's it's great. I mean, they're accurate as all hell. Um, the the. The grip, if, as long as you buy the right one for the size of your hand, the grip is actually quite good at actually adding pressure from your pinky in order to keep muzzle flip down just a tad.
0: I I, uh, I had some experiences with them, Shannon. Was it was toying with whether
1: she wanted one or not? Um, we well. But do they even make the PDP F now, which is the small one that would probably be what Shannon would want?
0: And and see, that's point? yeah, that's probably where she would because they did. We tested one when it when it just came out, and she she liked it, but not enough to spend at the time. They were asking even a premium for them. I think they were like eight fifty at the time, and and she just wouldn't give her her uh, CCPM two up for it. Uh she's just like, nah, I don't need to spend eight hundred dollars to replace this gun, which I she loves that thing. Uh she still yeah. won't get rid of it. The
1: the only the only reason to for her to upgrade would be to carry more rounds.
0: Yeah. Um, and, and her thing was like, look, I'm trying to get out of law enforcement and security. I'm going into different things. I, I don't need to reinvest in this for a daily carry because I know I can shoot this. I know I can shoot it. Well, I love shooting this. I know how to take it down. I know how to clean it. I can do that. I can work the action very well. And I understand this firearm because I've carried it for five years and I've only practiced with this. And I'm like, look, I, I understand. You know, like it's for her. It's a, it's a, it's a carry choice, um, and I, and I totally get it. And then she moved into a different area and stole my damn Taurus Spectrum. <laughs> um, and I knew, I knew it was bad because she's like, I really need something to carry in my backpack. And I'm like, okay, well, like what? I mean, like, do you want something smaller than your nine mm She goes, yeah. And I'm like, well, you know, I, I just bought. I should have kept my mouth shut. I just bought a small little micro. You might like, you know, we'll go get you one. And I gave it to her, and I said, "Why don't you try this?" And I was so <laughs> stupid. Why don't you try this out for a week and see if you like it? It's very light. It's a 380. You can you can carry high powered 380 uh, 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 hollow points in it, and and it works just fine. I mean, you'll love it. It's it's really cool. And she did love it. And I've never seen that gun again.
1: Now, if you want it back, what you just need to do is get her a new backpack. <laughs> I, hell, the, the one I carry is actually meant to it, – it's got a – because I don't carry on my waist and, uh, during the day for work anymore. I keep it in my backpack. But it's one of those ones that it's it's meant to – it's got a tab that you just – you reach behind yourself, grab a hold of, and pull. And yeah, it opens this up the – it swings it around in front of you and opens up the compartment for – the thing just by grabbing a hold of this tab and pulling
0: yeah that's that's the backpack she's got too oh okay yeah
1: vert vertex
0: yes i believe so yeah. it's something like that yeah yeah and i love it
1: it's it's great the she, vertex sling
0: yeah so. she loves it she thinks it's awesome and 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 i'm like okay this is going to work and then i never saw my my spectrum again so um that's just hers now uh <laughs> <laughs> There's, I didn't have a lot to say, but look, if she stole the $200, the only thing I regret about that is I can't find another one because Taurus really kind of quit making that. I mean, it's still on their website and stuff, but I haven't seen one in real life in a while.
1: No, they've they really kind of they've spent all their time and effort selling the the G3s.
0: Yeah. I mean, which is I great.
1: Would, now, now, see if they'd make a the, something like a G three even smaller and made a three eighty out of it. Uh, see, I never really liked the spectrums that much. That, but that's a matter of opinion. If they made took the G three C and made it a G three three eighty and made it a little bit smaller, that would actually be a neat little gun.
0: It would be. It would be. They're they're really. I was very impressed with them. Um, I, the but the, the problem is. For me, anyway, um, the G3 is so well rounded and it's so um, easy to use, and and it has all, it's what a Glock should have been, right? Because it's basically well, based off a Glock clone, right? I mean, you but, look at it, it's kind of a Glock.
1: But but at the same time, I, you know, I've always used the car comparisons. A Glock is still a German automobile. Right. A G3C is a Honda Civic. Yeah. No, it is. It's you very know, it, reliable. It's, exactly.
0: It's very, it's it'll get you from A to B. It will do what you think it will do every time, all the time. And it'll do that same thing for the life of the gun. It is not fancy. It is not beautiful. It is not elegant. But it does work. And... And that's kind of what I got. If now I got mine because it was used uh, and for like a hundred bucks, and you know somebody dumped it because they were looking for something sexier, and I'm like, that's plenty sexy at a hundred bucks. <laughs> you know, for, oh, yeah. uh, for hundred bucks, it's plenty sexy for for me. Uh, but it's just a well-rounded firearm. I just enjoy the hell out of it. Uh, it is the only striker-fired gun I own anymore, because the Spectrum Shannon stole it, the Walther she stole. Uh, (laughs) I mean, it's the only striker fire gun I own, but if you had to own one, that's a really nice gun to own. I know it gets a lot of crap because it's a Taurus, because it's, you know, it's an inexpensive gun.
1: But Taurus did a lot over the past several years in order to beef up the quality of their polymer striker fire firearms. I mean, they've always done pretty well with revolvers, but If you would have tried one of their early, like, for example, the PT-111, oh, it was bad. (laughs) You're like, oh, it was bad. (laughs) You want to talk long, crunchy trigger pulls? Oh, yeah. I mean, the only thing that was as bad as the old PT-111 is this. Have you you pulled the trigger on a sky lately just to remind yourself how bad it is?
0: It is really terrible. It really is terrible. (laughs) Really, it really is terrible. Uh, there's there. You know, you know what or, I shot tor- the other day. Um, speaking of not terrible though. Um, a Taurus TS9. Have you seen those?
1: Uh, which one's the TS9? Um,
0: the TS9 is like a um, it's a full size gun, and it's basically their shot at making the Sig P320. Oh, it's got yeah. the adjustable back strap, or, or you know, the replaceable back straps and stuff like that. It's really neat. I actually really like it.
1: Oh no, that's that's their version. That's their reach out the the two two nine, not the P three twenty, because it's the one with the um that's hammer fired, right? No, this is a no? striker okay. fired gun. Shit, I'm gonna have to look this up now. Why am I mean You <laughs> shot it, didn't you? Okay, what well, what was it? Uh,
0: TS nine. Really nice looking gun. Um, works very well. I've been, I, I was impressed. Oh,
1: okay. Yeah. That's yeah. not what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> is like, that is that new-ish? Yeah, I think it's
0: new-ish. It's new-ish.
1: Okay. Actually, what that looks like more than a SIG is that it looks more like a CZ P-10.
0: Maybe. I don't know. I can't remember what the P-10 looks like.
1: It but... looks just like that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it looks just like that. I no, did ser- Seriously. I, it, I, it's... I mean, the
1: slide looks like it's an, almost like a perfect replica of a CZP-10 slide.
0: It really does look nice. I mean, it's it's pretty decent to shoot. I, I was impressed. I, I really was. I was like, wow,
1: that's... Oh, now I remember what these were. These are the ones that have been available in Europe for a while, but we never got um, uh, approved for U.S. sale until recently.
0: They're really neat. I like them. I I do. Okay. I I It, Not, it shot very it also, well.
1: It also makes sense that it's a clone of a CZ now.
0: Yeah. Well, that would that would make more sense.
1: I I also shot um
0: I, like I if you can tell I I hung out with a guy who's a big Taurus fan. Um, I did shoot the Taurus 92 as well, which is their Beretta clone. Yep. Um, it, it's a Beretta clone. Um, I, I don't know. I, I get a little cagey with the, the, the Beretta clones. Cause I always wind up liking the Beretta better, not because it's a, a better gun, just because it's a bit, a little bit better fit and finish. And you know, yeah. that makes a difference to me. Yep. Um, cause where people cut corners on Beretta clones is the fit and finish. Um, I, uh, I had a chance to shoot the raging Hunter. I didn't, um, he had which, cal- uh, which caliber? Uh I don't know. I, th- I it wasn't anything I recognized. It was like some weird ass big caliber. I I it wasn't uh He had I don't know where he got it either. I think it was, was like it the a,
1: Raging Hunter or the Raging Bull?
0: No, it was a Raging Hunter. It had um, a big muzzle brake or a big thing on the front of it. It was like a 4 or something, like a 4 or
1: 454?
0: No, 460. I don't. Know. I, I think 460 sounds familiar, but anyway. I mean,
1: well, I mean, because they've got them in 500 Smith and Wesson. Uh, four. Oh, there you go. 460 Smith and Wesson.
0: Oh, there you go. That must have been what it was.
1: Oh wow, they've actually got one here with a 10 inch, uh, barrel extension with a muzzle brake on the end of it.
0: Yeah, no, that's what he had. Yeah, I don't know where oh. he got it. He must have been part of the the pre.
1: That's not even like the, the the slightly ported ones that just look like a big 357 Magnum. This yeah. thing looks like a revolver with an AR barrel.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks like somebody cut the front end of a Barrett off and stuck it on a 357. Yes.
1: <laughs> and they're uh, I, now see. I think I'd buy one of those in a 44 or three, Oh, here's one as a 357. Actually, that's, <laughs> that, that's a very pretty looking 357 too. I don't
0: know, man. That's a lot of gun. Now, see, I like the Raging Hunter, okay, but or the Raging Hunter without all the crap on it. Um,
1: but yeah, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for looking at a a 357 and a 44 mag. It just looks like a big ass revolver that happens to have a Picatinny rail and a little bit of porting <laughs> in the end of the barrel. It's, Other than that, it just looks like a big ass revolver. I couldn't hold on to it anyway.
0: You know, like there's no way I could hold on to that. Of course, I'm well, not exactly in, a big caliber guy. Or, in
1: 357 or 38, you could.
0: Oh yeah, no, I could. Uh, uh, 350, I can shoot a 357, okay, and hold a pattern, and that's what I mean. Like, it's not gonna fly out of my hands at a 44 or anything like that, but I, I don't hold a great pattern on the 44. Um, I or at least I haven't been able to. 38 or I, 357 is about my limit.
1: I think what I like about these, with regards to revolvers, is the fact that they actually have um, semi-automatic type sights on them. I, I had Yeah, I had tr- I had trouble with the because I, I had a a Ruger SP one hundred one, uh, three fifty seven, and it was a beautiful gun, but I had trouble shooting it just because the sights weren't what I was used to looking at, um, <laughs> and it was just weird. Uh, not only that, but you, you know, I tend s- I still tend to stick away from uh, hammer fired firearms because unless they're cocked, my finger can't reach the goddamn trigger anyway. So. <laughs> I don't know.
0: I I I like a hammer-fired gun. I, I like a striker-fired gun. I normally gravitate towards hammer-fired guns. I don't know why that is.
1: The the only hammer-fired one I've got, as far as handguns go, right now, is the um the P thirty SK, and that's just because it's it it is right now. It is and has always been one of my favorites. Dude, um, it is
0: really difficult to to find a better nine millimeter than an HK P thirty, either SK or no, no. or the regular.
1: Well, no, the regular one was what I got rid of. That thing sucked. <laughs>
0: it sucked because you were, well, I guess, no, you said it worked different, too.
1: Uh, well, from what the, what the guy at the store was telling me was, is apparently, it, it's something very similar to what you, get, what you run into with the Walder PDP, which is if you don't have the right one for the size of your hand, the way oh. the grip works, it just doesn't, you're not controlling the firearm, it's controlling you, just yeah. by... The, the way the grip is designed and stuff of that nature. And which is why um, the PDP compact, which is what I have, I love, whereas the PDP full-sized, I couldn't stand. And I ran into the same thing with the P30. I thought the P30 was going to be just as as good for me as the P30SK. Sat in my safe for a year, and when I finally got a chance to go out and shoot it, it was that same joke we always do. Two shots in, you're like, I hate this. (laughs) I'm glad I spent $800 on this. I am so happy.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Well, I dodged a bullet, no pun intended, with the Cheetah, you know, the ADX, because they changed the grip just enough that I don't like it. And, and I I love my cheetah. I, I I say that all the time and, and it's still true. I've been carrying it for a couple of years now. I, I, it is my firearm of choice for concealed carry period. That's what I shoot. Uh, and I was so excited about the ADX because they're like, we modernized it, and we changed this, and we changed the grip a little bit, and it's all better now. And I was like, sweet, it's it's even better. And I should have known better than that.
1: Well, it's it, but it's it's kind of a we. I mean, it's the things that we've been harping on for years. But it's kind of amazing how those little things that that can change can change the entire nature of how a handgun shoots, fires, how it grips and holds. And you may love it, but you also may hate it. <sighs>
0: Yeah, that uh, it is very and I've I've narrowed it down to I'm pretty sure it's just the palm swell. It doesn't have a palm swell and Hogue doesn't make a grip for it. And I know, I know it's Beretta, right? So they're going to come out with a different version of it with a palm swell. Just like the the Beretta 92 has the M9, right? The M9 is straight back and the 92 has a palm swell. I prefer the 92 because that's that normally fits my hand. Well, this, the, the ADX just doesn't have one of those yet. And nobody makes any grip extensions for it. So I'm like, well, this sucks. Right? <laughs> Cause I, I want the gun, but I can't shoot it. And it's very uncomfortable the way it shoots. And I, I'm just, well, crap. Now, I, I don't want this now. And it's, it's, <laughs> it was very depressing to me because I'm like, yeah, because I've been an advocate of the cheetah for so long. I mean, you know, I mean, everybody's tired of hearing me talk about it. And then they finally come out with one, and for me, they ruin it. <laughs> you know? Well, crap. So I'll just take, I'll just keep mine the way it is. Thank you. Um, but I know, I know Beretta, and they'll come out like next year, year after, one of these years. They're going to come out with one with a Palm Swell on it, just like they did with the 92 and the M9, and I'll go get one. It'll be fine. Uh, so um, I, I'm very excited that they're bringing it back and that it's very popular, but I I need it to change a little bit.
1: <laughs> I, I think the other one that I want to kind of go back to at some and was, and I had the 229. I don't want a 229 again. I think I want a factory classic m11 a1 which is like the secret service style version of the firearm uh no picatinny rail underneath it it just the factory grips because i ended up not liking the the 229 anymore because i over modified it i (laughs) modified it to the point where i didn't like it anymore it was kind of like i've done that to shotguns yeah so uh, I was worried that I was going to do that to my P365, but I finally found a configuration and haven't touched it in years. Um, but, yeah, I, I, the 229, I overmodified it. So I'm, every once in a while I come across like a um, uh, LEO trade-in of a uh, M11A1, and it's kind of like, I, 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 I really would like to buy it. I can't right now. The other problem is, is that if you get the LEO trade-ins, a lot of them are 40s instead of 9 mm.
0: Yeah, that's an, that changes the recoil configuration a lot.
1: Oh, yeah, and the bullets are more expensive, damn it. <laughs>
0: yeah, ammunition on on some selected ammunitions is actually coming down a little bit as well.
1: Yeah, so 9mm is actually getting, not only that, but the inexpensive ammo, like, for example, you can go into... Um, Cabela's and buy herders on a day to day basis now and it's it's twelve dollars instead of the ten it used to be, but it's no longer like twenty dollars a box.
0: Yeah, even at, at retail, retail plus prices around here, you can get cheapish nine millimeter for fourteen bucks. Uh so it it's actually coming down. I mean, like you're saying, it's not twenty anymore. You can get it now, for under fifteen almost anywhere.
1: Now now if you go to Cabela's it's all behind the counter now. You can't just go up to the shelf anymore. Really? Yeah. I joked with the guy about it. I'm like, so you guys put the stuff behind the counter now. And he's like, so it would be nice if people would actually pay for it before leaving.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I bet that was a problem. Well, and and the way cities are going right now with, with some of their their issues i mean you get well, some of the inner city stuff and this stuff's on fire they can't even keep grocery stores open
1: much less gun shops no no not even on fire but you know it, it, it it's people try to say it's not happening it's not going on but there's a reason why every retailer is leaving big cities is because you can walk right out the door and with you know 900 worth of stuff and even if they catch you, they're not going to prosecute you. You know, and worst part about is like state of California. I don't know if it ever passed or not, but they had a bill trying to make it illegal to even stop someone from shoplifting.
0: I think it did pass, but I, well, I mean, it's even worse. And California is the model for what happens when you go too far one way. I mean, look at San Francisco or or any of those cities that that have enacted any of that stuff, and it's just a free for all. I mean well, <laughs> look at Chicago they can't even keep a grocery store open like i was saying like they're 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 literally considering or floating the idea of of state or government run grocery stores because they can't keep any of them open because they keep getting stolen from the theft is so bad they just can't open the store
1: uh, i know it's besides the point for this podcast but i did hear something that made me laugh the other day somebody was talking about um, was talking about socialism and somebody's like, "You want to see an advertisement on why socialism doesn't work? Look at our southern border. You've got two million people coming up from Venezuela because their socialism doesn't work."
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, and you wonder why gun sales are so fast. You know, like it's so much and so fast, and there's more guns here than than anywhere else in the in in the world, and and people are are carrying so often. Uh, yeah, there's a reason for that. Uh, Look around. I know. And and like you're saying, it's not in vogue to acknowledge that it is happening. But that doesn't stop it from happening. I saw uh, just on uh, the the news the other day, uh, I think it was in Philadelphia, a guy jumps on the back of pulls up on a motorcycle from, um, you know, a motorcycle outing, gathering, whatever, of just causing general mayhem. And he jumps on the back of this woman's car, busts out her windshield with her children in the backseat. Um, she gets out to confront him. He pulls a gun on her, hits her in the head with her, his helmet and drives
1: off. Like, like that, well, that wasn't broad daylight. Like with plenty of witnesses. Okay. But you, you, you saw that in DC, a con, a liberal Congressman got carjacked recently <laughs> in I, broad daylight in DC, right next to the Capitol.
0: I did hear uh, about you, that.
1: You you had a um, liberal activist who was openly stabbed to death next to his girlfriend who just stood there and watched recently. Uh, All this. Yeah. You got all these people who are getting who have been promoting the whole we don't need law enforcement. None of these things are crimes or any. And they're just getting their asses kicked at this point. Well,
0: yeah, the the woman who started or helped start the defund police in Minneapolis got carjacked and beaten uh just a couple of weeks ago or a month ago or something like that you know like like the person who was like yeah we need to defund police in 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 Minneapolis literally got carjacked and beaten in her driveway and now well, she's like you know like I my heart goes out you know remember my face remember me you know like I, I I'm a victim here and it's like yeah you're a victim of your own policy Ma'am, um, this this is <laughs> what happens when my, you don't have
1: that. My kid goes to school in downtown Wilmington. Moving her in, you're in the process of putting stuff together. I walk down the street to get a pizza to bring back to work and I'll eat for lunch. And as I'm coming back, there's a large group of uh, urban gentlemen uh, standing around. They're like, "Oh, you got us a pizza," and I'm like, "No, I didn't." They're like, oh, come on, we can have some pizza. And I, my only statement was, don't make me shoot you. <laughs> and, of course, the response was, ha, 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 bad man, funny, 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 funny. But they got out of the way.
0: <laughs> Please, I don't want to shoot you over this pizza. I, I really don't. It's It will be not worth the paperwork, but I will do it if you make me. Yeah. Yeah, well, see, you don't really have that problem in Texas.
1: But, 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 well, see, because the other thing was, is that when I when you say something like that, the question that comes into is, does he or doesn't he?
0: Yeah.
1: You know, now, because I wasn't open carrying. I had, did have my gun with me. Otherwise, I wouldn't have said it. But, yeah, I and mean, the, the question they have to actually ask themselves these days is, does he actually have one? <laughs>
0: We had a uh, uh, somebody come into the office the other day, and uh, we were talking, you know, whatever. And it, they were talking with my boss. I went into his office, and they were trying to get something open. And 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 my boss goes, "Sean, let me see your knife." And I handed it to him. He flips it open, and does it, and everything. He goes, "How do you know he has a knife?" And everybody in the room just started laughing, and they're like, "Well." Because it's Sean and he always has a knife, you know, and one of my coworkers <laughs> goes, ask him how many guns he has on. Him. <laughs> the guy's head snapped around. He's from Seattle. His guy's head snapped around. You have a gun? I said, well, it is
1: Texas. Yeah, of course I do. <laughs> oh, I, I, I tend to be carrying more knives than guns these days. So it actually is even a running joke at my office. How many do you have on you today? Uh, okay, I got one in my back, one in my side, one, two in my pockets, one in front of my belt. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and and you know, and it is like they're like, how many guns you have in the truck, Sean? I said, okay, are we talking fully assembled or how many pieces of things do I have? I said, because I got a receiver that I'm refinishing. I've got some stocks from another guy that I'm I'm gonna take back and strip, and I've got like uh, the the truck gun and then the <laughs> and our our vendor was like what kind of deliverance bullshit is this and i'm like this is texas dude you know <laughs> like, we all have guns i said
1: <laughs> yeah
0: it, and i'm like okay to be fair okay show of hands how many people are actually carrying a gun and because there were about six seven people in the room and, who worked for our company and like five of them had firearms on them at the time i said okay fair enough guns on the table and everybody put their guns on the table and i had the smallest caliber and the least amount of ammunition there i said okay now who are we picking on okay because that's a 50 cal okay i'm not gonna who had, say who's who, that is troy but i know who, who had the deagle exactly but i know it was actually an imi but but I know that I'm not the heaviest, or heaviest armed person here, okay? that is the small. That cheetah is the smallest caliber firearm on the table. I don't want to hear crap. And I picked it up, put it away. <laughs> like, what do you got in the truck, Sean? I said, 12 gauge. <laughs> you know? So yeah, there's that. But speaking of which, I will end on this. I sent Jake a picture of it today, or uh, earlier this week, because I couldn't stand it. I saw it on a TikTok, and then I had to go buy one. It is... A utility knife <laughs> with a drop-out magazine-style um, magazine here, or a drop-out box magazine, oh, and I have been playing with it. It is the most satisfying thing to play with ever in the history of of knives. And uh,
1: you, it, 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 if I actually carried a box cutter type razor knife of that nature, I would have had one, but. It's just not what I've got.
0: I don't carry it, <laughs> but I find excuses to carry it. Um, I find excuse. I, it's on my table. It's always on my desk at home. I love it. It is. It is called a tough built, um, or it's it, that's the name of the brand. And and you can go find it. It's a tough built magazine loading style uh, razor knife. It is so satisfying to play with um you, you drop it just like you drop the lever just like a 1911 releases the uh the magazine and and it's got like a 22 style um magazine in it like single stack magazine that carries five razor blades and it is the most satisfying thing to play with um i i play with it all i i've been playing with it for like the last week i love it it is it is phenomenal in every way it's like it's not cheap it's like 20 bucks. But you can find them at Lowe's. They're fantastic. I highly recommend picking one up because
1: <laughs> they're just fun the to play leads, with. I
0: highly recommend it. I highly recommend it. Um it's just so good. It's so good to to just like ram the magazine home. It it is hold on, hold on. <laughs>
1: He's got it on the desk, ladies and gentlemen.
0: It again. is it is always on the desk. It is, it is so good. Uh, but uh, look, I
1: can't really tease him all that much because I've been sitting here the whole time opening and closing a little spider coat the whole time. So
0: <laughs> We are men. Our fidget spinners are different as full grown men, but we do have
1: them. All right. they're just in a different format. The funny thing is, is that he's actually not even far off, even from exactly what it is, because. Um, I there's a, a YouTube channel I follow which is always talking about new knives, and one of the classifications the guy who reviews them always has is the fidget worthiness of the knife.
0: Oh, Oh, one hundred percent, yeah.
1: Oh, okay. you know, n- not only you know what steel is it made of, has it going to hold an edge? Is what's the corrosion resistance? Uh, but whether or not it's fidget worthy.
0: Oh, it's so good! It's so good. Like when you sit there and just like click, 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 click. Oh, it's so good. And They make a good noise, and it's yeah, no, it's 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 a it's an adult male fidget spinner is what these things are effectively, so uh, yeah, uh, totally check it out. Jake, you got anything else, sir? I do not. Right on. Well, thank you guys for being with us. Thank you guys for hanging out. Um, go get yourself a uh, a magazine eject uh, utility knife from Tough <laughs> Built. they they're fantastic. <laughs> I highly recommend it. Um, Also, uh, if you're in the market for it, check out Duracoat and Dura Blue. They really do improve your firearm if you're having those kind of things and you're looking to refinish. I have found them to be great. I don't know about their longevity yet. I'm still testing that, but uh, thus far it looks great. Uh, But you guys, take it easy, and we will see you next time. On behalf of Jake Bona and I, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. If you're interested in more content like this or podcasts, check us out at hawkseyeguns.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.